Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. Many of you uh, out in the audience will be very happy to know the uh, Foo Fighters are going to be playing. It's, this is the Foo Fighters here, Ben. And uh, they are going to be playing San Diego, California's very own Petco Park uh, on August 7th of next year. So I believe the presale is this week. Um, you can go to their Twitter. Do people really buy concert tickets that far in oh, advance? Oh, yeah, dude. I bought yeah, these U2 tickets I'm going. I bought them in, like, March. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But March to... March October? to October is a long time, but I mean, you're talking next time. That's like 11 months away almost. Yeah, from a yeah. Concert. You got to. You got to do it. They're not going to be, I mean, they're going to sell well, out. I'm not saying if they, if you don't act now, they're not going to sell out. I'm saying, shouldn't the venues wait until like three or four months before the show so people can have an idea? Or do they like people to be able to, hey, we're planning our travel or you vacation next yeah. summer around the Foo Fighters concert at Petco Park. Yep, you got a plan. You got a. It's yeah. It's not just for San Diego, certainly, but uh, Foo will be rocking Petco Park. Uh, I've seen them uh, many times. I, I, I may pass on this one, but we'll see. What day of the week is that? Do we know? Eight seven. Eight seven is. Let's see. I don't have one of those computers. There are people who actually you give them any date and they can tell you what day it's a of the Wednesday week it is. night. No, oh, tough scene. Wednesday night. Polly's gonna be hurting on Thursday. Wednesday night woods. Oh, I'm not going. I'll, so I'll um, I I want to start this discussion before we get to take on woods with the acknowledgement that if you're listening, if you're hosting this show. Unless you're one of maybe like seven people who are in the Padres front office and deals with finances, don't really know exactly what you're talking about when it comes to payroll and debt reduction and debt ratios in Major League Baseball. If you're going to come in and give us a lecture on, you know, the the economics of it all. Should I, we get an economist on? I don't even think an economist necessarily, <laughs> unless unless you know the exact books. Like, how much debt did they take on during the COVID pandemic? And, you know, with baseball's rules, it's a very complex, you know. Can you explain it in a, in a, like, I'm 12? Sure. The Major League Baseball, you know, they set up rules. They don't want their owners to get too over their skis financially. Okay. They don't want a team to, like, 
all of a sudden go into receivership because they can't pay their players and they get too far in debt. Like their cable networks do. Right, right. exactly. So they, they have rules in place that say, hey, if you take on debt, you're borrowing, say, to, you know, improve your ballpark, you borrow for whatever reason, your payroll has to, you know, kind of match proportionally your debt. You can't just spend, spend, spend until you go into Chapter 11 bankruptcy. So we want to make sure that our organizations are financially healthy. However, during the pandemic, as I mentioned, a lot of teams apparently had to, you know, with no fans coming into the ballparks, they took some L's, you know, money-wise and went into a little bit of debt. Now, does that mean that the owners are crying poor? Not, no. You know, their franchises are still worth a lot of money. They could sell them if they wanted to, but... Operating wise, yes, they took some uh, some financial losses in 2020. It's left a number of teams, including the Padres, out of compliance with some MLB debt rules, and they have to, you know, present a plan to Major League Baseball how they're going to get into compliance with these rules. Otherwise, they'll face some sort of consequences that we don't we don't even really know what they are. Or, you know what what we're talking about, as I said. Well, so the the you hedge, right? You yeah. you say you look at it and say, yeah, we'll take on this debt because we're building a really really solid team. That and Peter said to us and on our show, this isn't about one year, guys. This is about a long continued run. You know, multiple playoff appearances. So they hedged their bets. They they banked on playoff revenue that didn't come this season. It just didn't come. There's not. They're not going to the playoffs. Um, I think. With the Padres not making the playoffs, that really threw a monkey wrench into into their plans. Now, doesn't that also uh, isn't that a point if you're on team? How is this sustainable though? If it you're is depending oh, yeah. on playoff. When, if you're revenue? depending on playoff revenue, but again, I don't think like shouldn't I said, that be more like a bonus? They're not the only ones that did it. Now we we talked to Eric Krupner early in the year when all the Bally stuff was going on, and he's like, guys, I, we didn't get caught with our pants down here. We know we knew. That there, this was a possibility. It didn't hit them out of left field. Uh, hopefully, they they prepared you know enough for that. But you throw that in with the lack of playoff revenue. I mean, guys, even for this radio station made a really nice chunk of change during the playoffs last year. It's play, it's revenue for everybody. Um, and and they didn't do it. They hedged their bets. And sometimes when you hedge your bets, you lose, and they lost. And now you got to pay the piper. I will say, man, I've been getting a lot of tweets. Uh, with this sentiment, and and I can't say that these people are are, ter- are terribly wrong, Ben. Using a high payroll to skyrocket the price of tickets, only to then cut the payroll, the very next season feels bad, right? And season tickets are going up. Everybody knows that. People that are are season ticket holders, they're they're getting banged eight to ten to twenty to thirty percent, and now you're going to be cutting payroll, which. Typically should mean an inferior product. Uh, At least that's what we're hearing. That's what you we're know, hearing. The Padres haven't announced, hey, here's our payroll for next season. Right. And we've been surprised before. So keep that in mind. But, but yeah. again, I don't know that we were ever really uh, – I never had heard about this team before, the the lack of, of not being in compliance with Major League Baseball. And now having to put a plan together to say, okay, here's how we're going to get there. It's not uncommon in business, certainly. But I do. I I can get behind that sentiment of yeah. This is not. Uh, this isn't the best feel. I, I think Padres fans have been burned before as well by owners who have come in, like uh, Tom Werner, you know, and 
just slash the payroll yeah. drastically. Fire sale. Yeah, to put money in their own pocket. And there's a difference between a fire sale to put money in your own pocket and reducing your payroll to what still would be, you know, almost double what you had ever had it in your franchise history five or six years ago to around two hundred million is the you know the the figure that's been thrown around lately. You absolutely can win a World Series right now with a two hundred million dollar payroll. That's I think the Braves have a $206 million payroll this year. You do have to be smart, spend your money the right way, as you do at any payroll level. There's no guarantees. But the part that makes it hard for the Padres is if you look at what's committed for next season, and if you take even guys like Waka, Lugo, and Martinez out of the equation as free agents, like they're gone. Just to, if you're keeping Juan Soto on arbitration, you're already at 180 million committed to yeah. next year. So that would that would give you about 20 million. 20 million is not a lot in this day and age to fill, you know, half of a starting rotation. You know, I mean, Walker would cost you 16. Right. That's, you know, that's, 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 that's it. Right. That's it. Right there. That's what it, that that goes to show you. It's going to have to be done on the cheap. Uh, it's not impossible, certainly. Or. You trade Juan Soto, and you have $50 million to go out and fill some of your other holes, but you don't have a generational talent in Juan Soto. And somebody else does. Yeah. Now you're letting your best pitcher and your best offensive player walk. Yeah, they're gone. But we're still all in. Doesn't mean that they would be the best pitcher and offensive player next year either. Correct. You know, they were this year. Juan Soto could be better. I got a feeling Juan Soto's going to do pretty good. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. Especially in a contract. But keep that in mind. You know, you're... You don't always want to be paying for what a guy did before. I'm more you're, of Blake Snell than oh, that's Juan Soto. That's our favorite Soto. thing to do here. You're you're there replacing a Juan Soto isn't isn't going to happen. And I'll like throw the, one the production. And we, we need a contestant for take on wood. So if you want to call us now, eight three three two eight eight zero ninety seven three. Get in chance to win a trip to Las Vegas. I'll throw this out there as a potential strategy, and you can say why it's a dumb idea, why it'll never happen, but. You could trade Juan Soto, get back into debt compliance and under the luxury tax, save your pennies up, and go out the following offseason and sign Juan Soto as a free agent. Yeah, you could. (laughs) Because it almost seems like a certainty that he's going to the free agent market anyway. Whether you keep him or not, if he doesn't want to re-sign an extension, and Scott Scott Boris, they have not, or his his agents, his agents, Scott Boris. Boris, yeah. They have not liked to sign extensions before hitting free agency. If you're going to end up in the same boat anyway, maybe it's better to have a little more in the coffers to have a better run at Juan Soto in 2024 at the end of the season when he does become a free agent. I mean, you lose, you're going to get rental prices back for him. You're going to get, you know, people are going to say, well, I mean, it's it's a rental. We don't know that we can re-sign him. Um, but I do imagine a team that would trade for Juan Soto and give up top prospects, however many... Um, it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough right now. It's just not. It, you, you're. It's hard to say we're all in and then trade Juan Soto. For me, at least, that's how I feel. Like, well, I, I mean, I wouldn't. All right, can you be all in every year as a franchise? Is no, there? You need to be all in. I mean, that, but you need to be all, all in. in. They went all in this year. You Let's need to be all in. So we're going to go. And Xander all in is a poker metaphor. Correct? Are we going to go all in every six years? Well, all no, in is. Se- all Eight in years? is a poker metaphor, right? Right. So what happens when you go all in and you bust? You're out of money. You're out of money. Yeah. And you got to build up again. You but they're build not up. out of money. I'm not saying they're out of money, but 
there are consequences to going all in and failing. There's consequences too, though, for playing it very, very safe as well. You're never. You, it's really, really hard to win. But the Dodgers did it this year. They I took, mean, it's they, not like they spent sixty nine million dollars. They they still. No, and, and they it's have not like Freddy the Padres are spending sixty nine million dollars next year. Is it possible next year is a year that looks like the Dodgers this year, where you cut back? <laughs> Like they I did mean, on payroll. Yeah, obviously anything's possible. Anything's possible. They can go out and win 112 saying, games and I'm, have Matt Batten I'm, I'm as saying, your third I'm just base. saying financially, and then you ramp up again the following year. That's a normal business strategy in baseball. But they've been ramping for nine years almost. You know, that's the thing is this ramp. Multiple ramps. Multiple <laughs> ramps. It's like a skate park. There's ramps everywhere. No one's doing any tricks. Like, it's just a bunch of ramps. That's all we've got here. And... You know, the, the vaunted farm system and everything else. Great. I'd love to see somebody from our farm come up and dominate once. Tatis, your outlier, maybe. But, I mean, come on. Campy looks good. Campy look good. I'd love to see some of these prospects hit and pitch and, and, and really be the next Spencer Strider. Or, you know, Bobby Miller or anybody, right? Tom Cosgrove had a nice year. No one expected Tom Cosgrove. He was not a top prospect. Uh, he was traded for. All I'm saying, you know is, what I'm saying? Is, is no franchise has a record payroll every single season, and it just goes up every single year. Every successful franchise has a little some ups and some downs and some ebbs and some flows. And the Padres will not be an exception to that. We've been ebbing, though. There's The, the flows right. have been and how, very... And, and, you know, how's that treated everybody? Maybe you should be running your th- your your business more like the Braves and the but Dodgers. when you look at the contracts that were handed out, specifically to Manny and Xander, and then you can throw in some of the pitching contracts and everything else, but, like, those two specifically, your window is before they turn 35, Right, right, has yeah. to be because now you're, every you're, single year is critical until that point. You're really locked in on on you know guys that typically will will age and and you know then one of them moves to first and one of them's your DH and one of them won't move to first. So yeah, it's great. It's really it's it's dire. Missing the playoffs this year is as dire as it can be. Obviously financially for the for the Padres, but in other ways as well. It it makes you unsure of the direction your organization is going in. And you know there there's some real there's some guys I'm really excited about in the minor leagues. No question. We have to see it though. You know what I mean? We have to see it uh, at the big league level, and we really just haven't. Let's uh, let's push take on what's yeah, back an hour it. because we got into a, a deep discussion there and uh, ran out of time. We do have don't do this coming up next. Um, maybe we'll bring in some non baseball uh, talk as well to the equation just for a couple of minutes. I can tell you that the Ryder Cup was as big of a don't do this as I have seen in like, a long time. There was like a hundred don't do this oh, from the Ryder. It Cup. really was. You could spend an hour talking about it. We won't, but. Uh, it was a bad weekend for Team USA. Get to all of that coming up with Ben and Woods after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan.
Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Don't do this. It's time for Don't Do This. What were you thinking? Three stories from the world of sports that make us all shake our heads. Why? <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you? I'm sorry, I fudged up, guys. You idiot. You moron. You dumbass. The apple sometimes does far fall from the tree. Don't do this. Do not tweet that. With Ben and Woods. I like a Nickelback song or two. On 97.3 The Fan. I think we're about to get a very selfish don't do this <laughs> for Mr. Stephen Woods. But yes. go, you do you. You do you. No I, rules on don't do this. I get. I, I'm, I'm with you. I Paul get. As well. I understand why he did it. <laughs> I understand the, 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 the situation at hand. I understand that these things happen. But son of a gun, Patrick Mahomes... Last night, I mean, what a look. We all complained, didn't we, when the Jets got got put into all these primetime games, right? Because we all expected Aaron Rodgers uh, going to be at the helm. I got to give a lot of credit last night to both teams. One of the more exciting, interesting Sunday night games I've seen in a while. Zach Wilson uh, found a little bit, a little bit of something last night, and you can tell uh, he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Got his team back in the uh, game thanks to Patrick Mahomes being. Almost like horrific most of the game. Uh, but it comes down to the end of the game, Ben. 23-20, got about a minute 55 left in the game. Mahomes drops back. 23-20 again, the, the Chiefs are leading. He runs up, you know, the breaks contain, runs up and just slides instead of walking into the end zone. There's like two or three yards between yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the first, first down. The first down was like here. at the three-and-a-half, four-yard line. <laughs> yep. And he was there. He could have scored without, without, without a hit. Trouble. Yeah. But he slid inbounds, inbounds to keep the clock running because the Jets moving. had no timeouts left to assure a victory. Yeah, even though a, a touchdown would have put him up two scores with less than two minutes to go, that Correct. also that also would have assured victory outside of score kick onside kick onside score kick. again, yeah. which is you know a one and. 10,000 possibility. Yeah, but he made sure to ice the game with the slide and instead of scoring. What was the spread in the game last night? Minus nine. Chiefs by nine. So they were up by three. Had he scored the touchdown and they made the extra point, they would have been up by ten. Ten. I had him at eight. I had him at nine. Doesn't matter. Eight or nine. Same story. <laughs> Both winners. Either way. He just walks in. But instead, in. Jets backers cash yeah. their tickets at the end of the night. That's exactly right. On Nuts. the underdog. And it's a headline on ESPN. And oh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes' goals, goal line slide shifts millions, millions. of sports books. Millions and millions and millions And I'm sure the sports books did quite well, as I'd imagine the majority of the money was on it, the Chiefs 90%, in that game. 90% of it? 90% of it. So, so they're having a good morning in Las Vegas. Oh, as they usually do. And you're having a bad morning thanks to Patrick Mahomes doing what was undoubtedly, undoubtedly. the smart and right I thing. I do not fault. It's part of the It's the to bad To have beat. that IQ in that moment it was, in that game, that's it incredible. It was kind of unnecessary. It's, it's it also unnecessary. like 
pretty unselfish. R- rushing for a touchdown is cool. Fantasy, you know? yeah. Patrick Mahomes' fantasy football owners yep. weren't that happy about it. A oh, rushing yeah. touchdown could have they don't care. swung games. They don't, they don't care about your gambling. Yeah. They don't care about your fantasy team, nor should they. Nor right. should they. He did, he did the right thing. As much as I don't it, have to like it, though. I, I do not. We do not have to like it, and we can feature it on Don't Do This. I was so excited for the Ryder Cup this weekend and so disappointed in what turned into just an absolute shellacking by Team Europe over the U.S. I can give so many Don't Do This is like Brooks Kepka and Scotty Scheffler losing 9 and 7 in alternate shot on Saturday, the worst ever defeat in Ryder Cup history on either side. But the. The weirdest thing that happened was the controversy involving Patrick Cantley, No Hat, Rory McIlroy, uh, near brawl in the parking lot with a caddy, Joe LaCava, for the United States. We're still trying to piece together exactly what happened, but uh, one of the few bright spots for the U.S. was Patrick Cantley uh, winning his match uh, you know, on Saturday without the hat on, and the controversy, why is he not wearing a hat? So there was a report uh, yeah. that came out that was pretty like gnarly when you read it. It says Patrick Cantlay has fractured the, the locker room. He refuses to wear a hat because he's not getting paid, and he wants to get paid for the Ryder Cup. They do not get paid for the Ryder Cup. It's like an, an honor to be there. Like It's like the Olympics, they right? Now, they, they get, they get money healthy, for their charity. A healthy, sizable like, donation to their foundations sure. and stuff. But yeah, yeah it's not, it's it's not, not cash like a, in his pocket. It's not like the Masters or anything. Well, so this is a wrinkle that I didn't realize, and now it makes a lot of sense. So they asked him about the hat, and he goes, I didn't wear it because it didn't fit. I can certainly relate. I don't really try, I try not to wear hats much anymore because none of them look good on me. I, don't, I used to be a hat guy. They don't really look good on me anymore, so I don't wear them. You know what else? Do you see everybody else taking their hats off after that, that three days out there? The big dark line. My man Patrick Cantley is getting married today. He was getting married today, and I'm like, this SOB really okay. I get it. You don't want to have giant hat the tan. giant hat tan on your wedding day. That's smart. It's marrying a beautiful. It actually kind of rallied Team USA together. Like George, uh, Justin Thomas and others took their hats off because yeah, yeah. the European fans were making fun. They were. of Cantley and waving their hats around. So when Cantley made the big pot. Then Joe LaCava, they took their hats waved off and it waved around. it. But Rory said, "Hey, I, I can see you. You're in my line. I'm trying to putt. Stop that." And they almost LaCava told him to go f himself. And they almost went to blows in the parking lot. They were like held back. Uh, you know, Bones. Uh, you know, Phil's old caddy was there yep. trying to keep you know some peace. But the, what really is crazy then? Steve Sands of the Golf Channel reported later that that night that hey LaCava reached out to Rory said we love you guys kind of to make amends but then Rory was asked yesterday did that happen he goes no so now we're not even sure if they've even settled things uh, we do know that Europe won 16 and a half to 11 and a half US made a bit of a charge at the end they would have had to have win the last four matches just to tie it and keep the cup it was never going to happen it but, was uh, it was in, I watched most of it uh, on on Saturday and it was it was awful. Yeah, it was, it was just terrible. awful. They got shellacked. They got bodied, uh, and now I mean, it just it does brew up a nice little drama for Beth Page Black, which is going to be in a couple years from now. I can't wait. 
We should go. We say that all the That'd time. That would be a freaking blast to go out to that. But uh, all right, let's do our uh, doo doo. This is a very sweet one. D D Mega Doo Doo. I know people have a little bit of uh, Adam Wainwright lash. I get it. Um, you know, baseball's best fans and all of that. But Adam Wainwright did uh, did retire, and he is done. He did get a pinch hit appearance. Took a massive rip at about a ninety three mile an hour fastball at his eyes for the first pitch. Ended up grounding out in his in his plate appearance. It was a really cool moment. Then he strapped on his guitar after the game. They blacked out all the lights at, at New Bush, and it looked amazing, and he played. I wish I had some audio Bush, of that. Bush, 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 But then they um, presented him with something very special and different. I had not seen this yet, Ben, Yes, uh, in yesterday's retirement ceremony. It's a little puppy. <laughs> his wife walking out on walking the field out. with a basket. There's a ba- She's holding a basket. <laughs> And I can assure you, it's not a stuffed animal, although it does look like mm-hmm. it. Pulls out a puppy. A little puppy. Sweet little puppy. Wearing a Cardinals jersey. Okay, I'm glad it's his wife that was giving it to him. <laughs> and not like... Somebody else. Someone random. Well, so no, you should on never... behalf of the team. So the backstory is, this guy... By the way, the guy that disappears for six months out of the year says, We'll get a puppy when I'm retired. And his kids are like, Dad... He's getting older kids. They're like... We just want a dog. He said, well, I told you. We'll, get one. Here half the we'll get one when, we're, when I'm retired. So they brought him one out in a basket. It was the, All right, the just cutest Keep in mind, thing. though, giving someone a pet as a gift that they don't want <laughs> is not good. Not cool. It leads to neglected animals, and you'd never want to do that. But this is something that he's kind of wanted for a long time. And yeah. Seems like it was a good idea. It was yeah, so he, cute. So he had a good last weekend. Miggy Cabrera had his final weekend. If Joey Votto is retiring, he got ejected in his last that game. That would be a too. weird way to go. But that he sucked, had, too. He may still come back next season. I, I don't know. I really don't. I'm not sure either. Zach Granke's also kind of deciding whether to come back. Brandon Crawford's done. You hear Rich Hill wants to come back next year. Got the win yesterday. I did. But he said, I think I'm just going to wait until the middle of summer to sign. Yeah. Save my arm Keep and then myself join the team next year. Yeah. And that's don't and do do this for a Monday. Don't do this with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. All right, let's uh, get back to some of our Padres talk. Our phone lines are open, 833-288-0973. You hinted at it earlier, but uh, Xander Bogart's comments about next season and where he might play position-wise, he's... uh, He's open to moving. He's not open to moving. There's a it's, it's a, both actually. It's a bit of a complex. <laughs> I need a complex need, set of uh, rules for Xander Bogarts and, next I season. I need to clarify. So yeah. yeah, we'll do that next. We'll talk about that coming up on San Diego's number one sports station, ninety-seven three, the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What mentioned earlier how the Padres a uh, few times this season, players kind of stuck their foot foot in their mouth. Xander Bogarts, uh, he did it a couple of times sure. as well. But it's going to happen. Course of a long uh, season, you know, people say stuff. And you're when, like, when asked about a potential position change, though, he almost got there. He almost got to the right answer, but came up just a little bit short. We'll get into that coming up. Uh, we've got Jordan Schusterman from Cespedes Family Barbecue coming up at 835 this morning. Look at the playoff matchups. And more. The MLB postseason gets underway tomorrow. All guests on Benna Woods appear on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads. What exactly did Xander Bogart say? We'll get to that and your calls right after this check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. So there was a thought around some quarters at Petco Park and the fan base that this year's Padres could have put a better lineup on the field defensively, and maybe even more well-rounded offensively, had Hassan Kim been the everyday shortstop, and Xander Bogarts maybe moved over to first base, uh, where the Padres were deficient offensively for the better part of the season. However, as we talked about in the offseason, you know, they signed Xander, and there was clearly some sort of you know promise made that he's going to be the shortstop moving in. At some point, though, that may change. Now, we didn't know if it would be in five years or three years or, or maybe one year. And the question was asked to Xander in the Union Tribune in their notes column yesterday. What is your thoughts on a potential position change if they do need you to move off of shortstop? And he said, well, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll think about it. I'm not, oh, I've got to be a shortstop, Bogart said. I was that guy when I came up, but I'm very realistic. And I mean, I'm not getting younger, I know, but I haven't given any thought of this might be too soon yet. Obviously, as a player, you feel like you can do it for a long time, but I am realistic. All right, well, that's, that's promising. I mean, he's not going to, you know, say it's not possible. I can't ever move off shortstop. I'm there, and that's where I'm going to play forever. Like Jeter did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, good players, good leaders, Hall of Fame players do say stuff like this. They do. I mean, if G, you know, Jeter, when they signed A-Rod, should have moved to second or third. He absolutely should have. Alex Rodriguez should have been the shorts of that, uh, shortstop of that team. He didn't. He didn't. Um, and then continue with the, well, the rest. So Xander does think, though, that if he is asked to move – that the place he needs to move is second base. Uh, when thought like the first base might be where he's going to be asked to move to, he says, I don't want that. I see it this way. Center field, shortstop, second base. That's the triangle. You start going to the corners, you're closer to the bench. I don't want to <laughs> be too quick going to first. Which is fine. I Look, I, like I said, I, I saw it yesterday after just such a disappointing season, um, and I thought to myself, man, it would be refreshing. 
And I, I should have clarified, too, because there are guys on this team that have said, whatever you need me to do, I will do. You know, Nick Martinez is one of those guys. Fernando Tatis Jr., one of those guys, moved out to right field, going to win a gold glove doing it. We'll probably end up moving to center field right, at some point. He's been open to it. He's been amenable to it. I think it was the timing of it for me that really kind of bugged me and irked me a little bit. I, I wanted, I just want to hear, hey, we're super embarrassed. This was a crap season. I'll do whatever they need me to do. That's and, and really, it's not only that I want them to say that, Ben. I want them to feel that, right? That, that's what I want. It's not lip service. I, I, want, I want 26 guys that say, whatever you need, you got it. Like, especially a guy like Z. Now, I can understand. If he's up for, you know, Juan Soto move positions, for the love of God. He did it. You know, and he's still playing for, you know, a big, big contract. His first massive, massive contract. It would almost make a little sense to me. Xander just got his bag. Like, he got the last bag he's ever going to get. He's like the prime guy that should be like, where do you need me? You want me to play first? You want me to DH? You want me to play third? Move Manny back to short? Move Manny to first? I don't care. Whatever you need me to do, I'm willing to. That's that's my whole point. If you have 26 guys that think like that, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape. Well, and Xander's not wrong. There have been oh. plenty of players in the past who have been... You know, put out to pasture by essentially, all right, now we're going to move you over to first base, and now you're going to be a DH, and eventually you're a part-time player, and you're done. No one's suggesting that they're trying to usher Xander Bogarts <laughs> into the door. It's year one. That's the thing. It's like, bro, it's year one. But, I, again, it's just he could play first base next year, and they may still need him at shortstop for four years after that. Correct. But if the a, a particular team's best roster construction – Involves Xander Bogarts moving to first base or, or designated base or hitter, DH, yeah. Then you have to absolutely consider that for the good of the team on any good season. I, again, I it, agree with you there. It, it speaks to it speaks to the overall pervasive attitude of you know me before we and and all of that. And it's, you've seen too much of it. You've heard too much of it. Um, and that's the, I think it would surprise me coming from him the most because of where he came up. I'm sorry, man, but like if they did the if he said that and at Fenway Park after a really disappointing season, which they had as well, if he said that yesterday at Fenway Park, it would have been front page. Dan Shaughnessy would have 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 killed him in the media, killed him, and they're not doing that here. And and I'm not trying to to crucify him again. I love Xander. I think I don't he's think a great anyone player. is anti Xander. Nobody, nobody is. I just for me. The the only thing I want to hear, and really, again, it's more than lip service. It's more than eyewash. It's I want you to feel that. I want you to feel that. Hey, whatever they need me to do, wherever they need me to hit, or wherever they need me to play, all I want to do is win a ring. Now, if behind closed doors you're meeting with your coaches and you want to say, I really do think I'm best off here, and and here's why, and let me lay out my cases now. Again, if whatever you need, coach, but here's why I think I should we have, be better at this position. Like, sure. We have so many shortstops, and we have shortstops coming up. You know, Jackson Merrill is now they're grooming him to be an outfielder. I, I mean, there's so many guys coming through. AJ does have a, you know, he has an affinity for shortstops. There's plenty of guys that can play short. I think he did a fine job this year. I think he actually did a better job than I expected him to do at short. He had some late errors, but I think that comes with just being exhausted. Um, again, it's not the it's not the play. 
it's just the mentality of like, no, no, this is what's best for me. You got your money. You got your bag. Well, Help us win a World Series. What, what you're saying essentially is I'm more important than my teammate. Correct. Why do, does Hassan Kim not have the right to go? Right. Hey, I'm a better shortstop. I'm the best defensive player, maybe in the league. Shouldn't I be at shortstop? Better for my career if I'm out at shortstop. Yeah, he hasn't gotten why, 280 yet. Why? Why wouldn't? Why isn't that okay? You know, Xander. You know, Hassan Kim could legitimately be very resentful of Xander Bogarts for that attitude. Like, dude, I'm working hard. I'm playing great defense. You know, I, I we'd be better off if I was at shortstop now. I don't see Ha-Sung Kim as the kind of person who is going to say that. Well, again, out loud. I don't even behind closed doors. I, I don't want Xander Bogarts playing first in the second year of his contract. I don't. That's not my point. My point is, I want you to want to if they need you. That's it. Remember the movie The Breakup? Why would I want to do dishes? I don't. I want you to want to help. I want you to want to do dishes. Why would I want to do dishes? <laughs> I understand it. Like it. It doesn't. Xander Bogarts at first base. Is weird. That's a weird thing, and it would be like, what? What are we, what are we doing? Why did we sign him? Year two, really. year two, and he's playing first. Here. Right. I, I don't even want it. I want him to want to do it if we need him to do it, and to flat out say, nope, I don't want to do that. That's a tough look for me. I'm sorry. That is that boomer that lives inside me. That is a tough look for me, especially when you didn't make the playoffs, when you guys didn't have a good season. Going to get out to the phones here, 833-288-0973. I want that attitude to extend all the way to the top, to the general manager's office. Like, I need to work and do everything I can to make this team well, but if what we need is for me to back off a little bit and let my manager do his job, then that's what's good for the team this year. That's what I need to do. You need to have that attitude throughout your organization. Whatever it takes, whatever you need me to do to win, he goes aside, let's do it and let's get it done. All right, let's go out to a Mike in Temecula. Mike, good morning. Happy Monday to you on 97.3 The Fan. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Isn't there just all kinds of things to talk about? Yes, oh, sir. Yeah. Hey, uh, over the weekend, I went ahead and uh, bought myself a bottle of Camus. It's uh, <laughs> pronounced Camus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, um, I, don't, I hear you guys talking about, you know, the Juan Soto and mo- everything's about money. But my point I just want to bring up, and, and we need solid role players. We're done with the superstars. We need someone that can fill the positions on a regular day basis and not, you know, pay the $100 million for so-and-so. Um, and bring, the reason why I bring this up is Turner just played his last game as a Boston Red Sox. Yep. He, he would be, and I'm not saying, I mean, he might not even want to play for the Padres, but he would be a solid role player, and I know he knows that he's a role player now. He's not a superstar anymore. I'm just, and then CJ Crone, they traded him away for somebody. I mean, I don't think I think he's another role player, but I I, I just think we're done spending the hundred million dollars. And on Xander, he should be, he should be playing shortstop because he's a professional. Sure. Yes, his first year. You know, it's just what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I mean, Justin Turner actually had. Pretty decent year for Boston on a last place team. Is he a free agent? I don't, I don't know if he is. I, I, I'm not. I sure. I think he only signed a one, signed year, a one deal. year deal. Yeah, but yeah. even even if that's true, I mean, wasn't that true of Matt Carpenter last year? Yep, a veteran coming in. What is going to make Justin Turner then come to the Padres and not? I mean, 
start pod raising just, once he gets here. Justin Turner still made, by the way, as a role player, he made $8.3 million. And, and C.J. Crone is going to make more than that, given his track record, I would think. Yeah, I mean, Even look, with the injuries he's gone through. This is where it's great to have four or five guys ready to break through at the big league level that cost you the league minimum for four years, right? That's what they desperately need. Um, and, you know, that reverts back to, well, okay, maybe you can trade Juan Soto for those guys. I don't want that to happen, but, you know, I mean, based on everything coming together and, and reading about debt reduction and, and you know, you're not going to extend him, I think it would be tough to swallow him playing out the season next year. You're almost guaranteed he's going to have a good season, right, in a walk year. Um and letting him walk at the end of the season, trading him at the deadline, that would mean we're giving up on, on the season when you trade Juan Soto. They're really in a pickle. I mean, it's a really, really big pickle. They've painted themselves into a bit of a corner, um, and now you got to figure out a way out of it. it. The GM's going, whoever it may be, if it's A.J. Preller, he's going to have to do some serious GMing this offseason if it's him. If, if today he gets the stay of execution and and says, okay, let's let's get back to work, He's going to have to do. He's going to have to make some miracles. Well, as I said last week, that's the job. That is the you job. Know? Yeah, you did it last year. You found Waka and Lugo. Now you got to find more, and you've got to do it, and you've got to replace a lot. Let's go to Steve next up here on Ben and Woods. Ben and Stephen Woods on San Diego's number one sports station. Good morning, Steve. Gentlemen, good morning. Hey, buddy. Boy, I, I tell you what, I for as frustrating as the season was, I, I really, really, really did appreciate um, how they finished and and effort and this team. Uh, and, and, and like you said, Woodsy, you know, Xander saying, hey, whatever you want, coach. That's you know, what that's I need. The kind yeah. of stuff. That's what you need. That's the, that's the kind of stuff you're looking for as, as opposed to the only um, salt saltiness I have is – a long-haired closer not going out for one inning. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, that that ship is definitely sailed right now. Josh Hader will sail off into the sunset, probably no longer a Padre, will get a really really nice payday. It will be interesting to see whatever team signs him. How they use him. So if you're if you're Josh Hader and you get your big fat contract, no more arbitration, you're unrestricted, you can sign 5 years, 120 million, whatever it may be. Now do you go in that day and say, well, I'm financially secure for the rest of my days. Use me at will, right? (laughs) I don't know. What are the limits on whatever you need, Coach? Are there limits on whatever you need, Coach? That's a good question. Because we all feel like asking Josh Hader to give four outs is not untoward. It's not, oh, that's not a crazy thing. But if you asked him to get nine outs, all of a sudden you go, come on, man, I, I can't do that. you know. And then we'd all go... All right, Josh Hader has a point. Why sure. would you like, ask him to Zan- get nine outs? Xander Bogarts could say, like, I've never played first. Right. Like, Hader, you're asking him for an extra inning. If they said, Xander, we, yeah. we need you to learn how to catch next season. Right. You're going to be our catcher going forward. I could go ahead and hey, we're gonna make the argument. You out. You're going to be a starter for Xander Bogarts would go, I don't want to catch. I've never caught before. Yeah, that's I mean, not let's, for me. Let's, let's not take it into the realm of absurd. The absurd yeah, right, because that's exactly what it is. But I do think there's something... With the financial security that certain guys have, yeah, I think there should be a little bit more of, I'm not worried about my numbers. I'm worried about wins. That's the only thing, like, that's all I care about. And if I can help the team defensively, offensively, on the base paths, t- getting a guy off his feet, whatever, sure, then then I'm down. Uh, but once you kind of get your get your bag 
It's not that all the it's not that all the the shackles are off and yeah, Josh Hader's now a starter. We're going to work on that. No, it, it's not. You still have to use him smartly. The fact though with Josh Hader, and I will say this, the fact that they had to sit down before the playoffs and formulate a plan when to use Josh Hader that sucks. That sucks. Here's the plan. You're the best pitcher on our team. We're going to use you when we need huge outs. Cool, cool. That's the plan. That should be the plan, right? In the playoffs, in, in yeah. The, the, all bets are off. Like people's arms are dangling, their hamstrings are about to pop, their calves are sore, their feet hurt. You know they can't throw. They got to get toward all shots just to get on the field. Six hours in a trainer's room to get ready for playoffs. I think the playoffs are a different breed. The fact that Niebla and Melvin had to sit down last year, and uh, the quote was gingerly approach Josh Hader about usage in the playoffs. That sucks. Just picture them with like their hat in their hands. Hey, Josh. Just terrified. Can we meet with you real quick? Any chance? Any chance you might, might potentially, possibly, maybe. That's the maybe thing. Maybe pitch in the eighth inning. That's the thing that 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 maybe irks me just a little bit. And and I understand. I, I don't know what it's like to be facing. Hey, man. As long as I stay healthy, I'm going to make a hundred million dollars. I do understand all that. But when the playoffs come, they're so rare now, as we know. They're so rare. They're not. They're not. You can't bank on them. You can't bet on it. Like, you have to take that opportunity when you can, in my opinion. Because at the end of his career, he's going to have the money for sure. Will he get the ring? You know, and that's what you play for, I think. I, I thought. So I thought. Uh, we still have two hours coming up. Uh, Jordan Schusterman from Cespedes Family Barbecue going to be with us at 835. Sam Levitt at 935. We pushed uh, Take on Woods back, so you'll actually get an opportunity here in about 10 minutes or so to qualify for our new trip to Las Vegas. So get ready to call in and take on Woods in our musical trivia contest as well. I just want to throw out the last couple of absurd numbers from this Padres season. Was it ironic at all? I mean, even Bob Melvin called it ironic that the last game of this season that was defined by one-run losses, extra inning losses, and lack of winning streaks ends with a 2-1, 11-inning win and a five-game winning streak. With Rich Hill on the bump. With Rich Hill on the mound. Rich Hill, who hadn't won since the trade deadline. G-Man Choi, who hadn't got a hit. Got his first two, his only two, with the Padres this weekend as well. And for the team that could not win four in a row, we talked about it all season long, for the first 146 games, they couldn't put together a four-game winning streak. In the last 16, they had three of them. Three four-game winning streaks in the last 16 games of the season for the team that couldn't do it once in the first 146 games of the year. Makes it worse. (laughs) Makes it worse. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, we'll come back with some take on Woods. Got a lot more to get to with Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 